You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So today we're gonna have another a special episode of uh, the Jay Z Footnotes. And this one is going to be specifically called The Death of Ego. And this uh, episode is based off of the Jay-Z footnotes for Kill Jay-Z. We have a couple of special guests in the building today. We have Reddy, who you know has been a family friend of the podcast, who's been on many of the podcasts. So we have him here. We have uh, Spence, who's a newcomer that uh, is hopefully going to be a regular on the podcast as well. And then we have Brother to the Left, where you've heard many of uh, his stories, especially uh you know him in love so <laughs> we got him in the building again for uh, another part of this series so let's get right into it and the the thesis of this this episode is basically do you have to kill your ego is that something that has to be done and to start that off one of the questions that i want to ask and i want to get a um, you guys opinion on is when has your ego hurt you and that was spawned off of the beginning of that video. And one of the quotes uh, that I feel ties to this is um, not not only just has your ego hurt you, but when were you aware of it? When did you become aware that your ego hurt you or something you were hurt as a result of something that your ego caused? And an example of this uh, is with Trevor Noah, where he says that he's afraid of his ego because of the negative effects that he's seen, like hubris um, and just as being a human being that he's scared of it. Uh, my ego has definitely hindered me in some ways. And before I go into that, I'd just like to say, for me, when I define ego, I like to think of ego as yin and yang. There's two sides to it. There's a duality to it. There's the hubris. There's the pride. There's the arrogance. Um, and there's also the courage. There's the humility. Um, there's the ability to be humble. There's There's two sides to your ego. So in many cases, you make the decision on how you're going to approach or what, you know, how your ego is going to uh, move you through the world. So it can either help you or hurt you. And in some cases, it will hurt you. In most cases, I feel like if you, certain people will, will have an ability to put their ego aside, but I feel in many cases that takes experiences with it hurting you. So it's a trial by error process, like most things in life. And the first thing I can think of in terms of something hurting my ego is I can say I can even go back into childhood and just uh, underestimating someone, say underestimating someone else playing sports, you know, it, uh, or a team rather. We, um, for example, I used to play, used to play basketball when I was younger and there was another team that was known for not winning too many games um, in my hometown. So, you know, I assumed my team, oh, we're definitely going to get this. You know, they're not going to be raw at all. We've, you know, in fact, we've played them before and, you know, it, different years and we beat them easily. So I, took it for granted and then they ended up beat winning you know beating us by a significant amount so for me that was a humbling experience but I approached it from an egotistical perspective from an arrogant perspective so in that instance I did not allow myself to take them as seriously as I could so I didn't necessarily play my best mm. and that hindered me because of my mentality going in so and there's a difference between uh, being arrogant being more sure of yourself versus being confident. Mm -hmm. Confidence helps you when you play sports or really anything in life. Like that, that is, that's a positive. Um, 
that arrogance is that overconfidence that, you know, I, I can do anything. I'm not going to really look at the real dynamics of something that's that hinders you. That's a negative. So understanding the difference with that is, I believe, is something that comes with age. But I just want to say, based on what you were just saying, it feels like and then um, after Reddy gets in, maybe you can comment on this, is that it sounds like you're saying that um, you're more likely to notice the negative effects of your ego than you are to notice the positive or you're it's more likely to be that you're going to become aware of it. Is that, is that kind of what you're alluding to? It is. And it's generally usually after I've made a mistake or something that didn't feel the best about, or, or generally what happens, particularly in a situation that I, uh, you know, I don't agree with, or it didn't go the way I want. I'll play back the situation in my head and say, what could I have done differently? Mm. And when I was younger, Reflection. it was, it was reflection. And when I was younger, it was, what are all the external factors? Like, what did someone else do to me? And how could I have responded to them differently? As I get older, it's how I show up mm-hmm. and the energy that I put out there. And I, as I get older, I realize that I'm, the only, the only thing I have control over is myself mm-hmm. and how I show up. So if I'm putting out good energy I'm, and, and I'm giving out a, uh, a certain position on something, then... In many cases, now I re- it just gets reciprocated in most cases. And if not, then I know how to kind of shift my focus and I can look at that and say, okay, what did I bring to the table versus the, what did the other person? And even when someone I feel like has done me wrong, I still think about it now in terms of, hmm, did they even realize they were doing something? Is this mm. just a personality trait? Like I'll, I'll, I'll really try to break it down. Is it their ego mm-hmm. versus my ego? You know, um, it's kind of like that dominance versus submission. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think about that dynamic when I go into discussions with, with anyone. It, it could be small talk. It could be a you know, real deep conversation. It could be a podcast. I think about all those dynamics. And in many cases, it's one of those things where, again, it just goes back to kind of having those experiences and being able to be, have it, have enough an ego or at least be humble enough to look at yourself and say, all right, what can I fix? Gotcha. So I, I just want to, before I address um, uh, D-Ray, your, your original question, I just want to address something that Spence said was the about the, about the first time actually um, noticing your ego. And he said that it was basically around the first negative time, if I was correct. But for me, I would say it was actually one of the opposite time, but it also led to my negative time. So... When I was actually thinking about this question, I thought about like, when did I have the most ego and when did I actually notice what an ego was or the concept of it? And it was when I was in elementary school, we, we used to have this game we used to play called, called tetherball. Tetherball, for those you don't know, it's a long stick in the ground or a metal pole with a, a rope with a ball tied at the end. And you hit the ball, you can't, tie, you can't grab the rope. And as I grew up, because of the fact this is something I enjoyed playing, I had the passion for where I practiced and I studied, like you can say study by playing, my ego grew that I knew I it was on more the positive side, the confidence where I knew I was good at the game. I knew that on an average person that came to me, I would beat them and it wouldn't be a challenge. But it wasn't with, at the point where it was on, I know I can get anybody, come, come mess with me. It was still on like, I can get better, but I know I'm good. But as I started to increase in my skill and dominate more people, that's when my ego flipped on me. And that's when I started seeing more of the negative side because I started doing two things happen that showed me that I was more in the negative concept of the ego, which one, the first one was when people I knew that I would normally play in the past that I know don't play well, I would be, you know, play easy with them. So it was actually a fun game. But now since I was a beast, I decided to dominate them in the quickest way possible or humiliate them. 
And because of this, you people stopped wanting to play with me. And then it hit me the most when I finally came up to this fifth grade. I was only in like third grade. Remember, I, I, this is still elementary school. So we had third and fifth all at recess at the same time. And he was about a foot taller than me. And one of my key moves was make sure it's too high that you had to cross a certain line, which means you lost. But he, he was massively tall. So when I did that move, he instantly could stop it. And he dominated me about 10 times in a row for a week straight where he destroyed my ego. He destroyed my confidence. He destroyed my ability, my thought process to the point where I stopped playing. And I saw this, this is when th that issue first hit me when I had a, a person I used to play with ask me, why did I stop playing? And I, I realized the only answer I could give was because I lost. Mm -hmm. And when she told me that she was like, so you, you, you beat me so many times. Why can't you still play? It made me realize that my ego was so out of control that I had to understand the both sides, the duality of the ego, the yin, the yang, the positive of it, the negative of it. And it was my first experience of actually getting to that neutrality of how much of each should you really have when it comes to your life as well as certain experiences. And I'm going to let you get in, Pete, but that what you just said remind me of the something Marshall, Marshall Ali said in the uh, footnotes is that your ego will have you out here stranded. And that basically is the experience that you had is your ego had you stranded because you, you didn't want to go back to the game because uh, you lost as a result. But like like your friend said is like and going back to his quote as well, he's like, we need people. And the fact that she's like, you beat me and I still came back to it. You know, why can't you have that same resiliency and do it yourself? Like she got you out of it. So that's the fact of like you need people sometimes to to identify things that you might not see in yourself. And. And that that your ego, she basically pointed out to you that your ego was getting in your way without saying it was your ego. Yeah, and, and that, that's what gave me my first aspect of humility, that part of understanding that you can fall, but you can always still rise, as well as you should always realize that no matter how good you are, there's always going to be someone better. Mm -hmm. And that, that gave me that first touch of it in any aspect from, and it, it's resonated with me so much where it's affected from personal all the way to business life, because even if you're the the best CEO at your company, there's always a better CEO than you. There's always someone that can show you something. So it just opens up my mind and opened up my ego to accept all things. Yeah, right, agreed. agreed. Hey, world, we wanted to take a quick break from this episode to remind my woke folks about a friend slash a family of the podcast, Andrea, who has her own podcast. She has a great podcast to check out called Unsupervised Adulting. If you haven't given it a listen, go right after this episode of on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud to do so. If you have heard it, then you're already ahead of the game, but you can leave her a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Andrea is a funny person who definitely gives truthful and interesting perspectives, as she says on previous Stay Woke Podcast episodes, that she is trying to figure this life thing out. You can listen to Andrea on Unsupervised Adulting by clicking the link in the description or visiting her website. Now back to our scheduled program. This is Brother to the Left, um, and you know, as we talk about ego... I think ultimately what we're all saying is that there are, there needs to be a balance. If you are in a situation where it's all ego, you are setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. It's not going to be a good outcome for you. There has to be a balance. You have to realize that there will always be somebody who's better than, better than you at something. Um, but you know, it, as I think about ego in terms of my personal life, in terms of, you know, how is it, how it has affected me personally, um, I think overconfidence is dangerous. No matter what aspect of life you're talking about, overconfidence is dangerous. 
if you are so overconfident that you're overshooting things or you are or not um anticipating things real you know practical things that can come your way because you're so confident you're setting yourself up for failure because there's always those 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 small and practical and minuscule things that will fuck up your whole program whether you're talking to a, a female or if you're a woman you're talking to a man or whether you're in a board meeting you know in terms of running the gamut right there's always those things that will come in and throw a wrench into your program if you are overconfident and so with that said there has to be a balance first of all let me say this you got to be confident right because you got to fake it till you make it god damn it and uh and as you fake it till you make it you will be surprised how many people you will get on your team how many people will be on board whether you're, of what you're talking about whether it's bullshit or not you could be running some straight bullshit but if you're confident as you're saying it you're going to have people who's on your team because of you know how you stick your chest out and how you you know how you say it with confidence right at the same time you can't overshoot you have to you have to be in a situation where you're exp- you know with that with and again that's where that humbleness comes in right because if you're not humble if you're not in a situation where you're genuinely humble if you're all arrogant and all confident it's not going to work out well for you but if you're in a situation where you 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 play that humbleness and you know that this humbleness is going to get me to point A and point B or I'm sorry that arrogance is going to get me to point A and point B and make me look good but in terms of things being practical you're really humble about things and you're listening to other perspectives and you know that someone else have, may have a better idea than you or you know that this situation might be better than yours you know if if you have that balance you'll be in a really good situation but if you're overconfident you're really setting yourself up for failure there was a position I applied to that I wasn't necessarily qualified to have. Um, but because I spoke so confidently about mm-hmm. it and because I spoke like, you know what I'm saying, in terms of I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And not only did I know what I was talking about, but I could back it up, even though I couldn't. Like, if they would have dug a little deeper, <laughs> then I didn't have too much data on it. But I know the power of confidence. I know the power of ego. I just, I, From my experience, I know that. So I spoke from a place of power. I spoke from a place of confidence. I spoke from a place of I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And I actually got that position. They offered it to me. Now, I didn't take it because there was a different position that was a better fit for me. And I mm-hmm. took that position. However, I was offered a position I should not have had because of the power of ego. Um, That's a great example. Yes, I do. This is Spence. Uh, so just touching off what uh, Brother to the Left said just reminded me of uh, again, going back to that duality of ego. So, uh, and similar to actually what Reddy was saying from a, in this case, it was a negative experience led to a very positive one in terms of ego. So we spoke earlier about overconfidence. Right after, at one point, this maybe about four or five years ago, I had recently, I was transitioning out of a job. I just uh, lost my previous one. And I had been referred to from a former coworker. Uh, they had referred me to this other position that would have been with uh a con well not I'm not gonna say a congressman, but it's someone in government gotcha. in a high government position. And so I went to the interview and, and I felt good that, you know, my name had been mentioned and, you know, they had reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to speak to you. And I went in and for those that don't know, I'm a writer, journalist, reporter. I've been doing that for years. And I went to the meeting. I had I had already been doing that, been in the field. And I came in and what I expected to only be one or two people interviewing me, <laughs> which is generally 
in most cases that that's usually how it went for me. It was about six people in the room, and they were in like a semicircle um, around me. Someone like an interrogation feeling like it was an interrogation, and they literally all had these uh, different charts where they would all they would each ask a question. It wasn't even in order. It was just kind of their own order. Keep, keep you off balance. Keep me off balance, and they were just asking questions that threw me off balance. So in particular, because I have a writing background, a reporting background, they were asking me more questions about policy, particularly about um, the uh, the person in government, who a representative who, who I would have been working for, and I didn't have the answers to that. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're also looking for a certain experience that I didn't have the experience to speak to, uh, primarily because they're asking me about campaigning and things, and I'm like, I, I've written about it, I've covered it, but that's not my background. Yeah. Uh, so it had me at a disadvantage. About maybe 10 to 15 minutes in an interview, I, I just knew that I'm not getting this at all. This is just going really bad. So I, I didn't necessarily check out, but I once you kind of knew that it wasn't going, it's like, okay, well, you know, just how can I bow out gracefully? Three days later, I got an offer to, to actually get a job that I really wanted to. It was in a newspaper. I'm currently where I'm working now, San Francisco Chronicle. And before that, as soon as I found out that I'd be having the interview, I did all the research I could possibly do to prepare for this interview. I read pages upon pages, articles upon articles. I did research on every person that worked in the particular department I was in, about five or six different things I had written. I looked over the website. I I, I spoke about and made notes around what I would change and why I would change it. And here's how, what I would bring to it. I was so prepared for that interview when I went in. Um, and also it, it didn't happen to be uh, a semicircle of people. It was two two people <laughs> two people so it was that that made it a little bit easier too but i was so ready for all the questions that they asked me i had great answers for everything right. and i could back it up right and i say that to give that example is i went into the first interview overconfident and feeling that i would have it in the bag based off a recommendation from a coworker or a former coworker i went into the second interview with None of those reservations. I said, I'm going to lay it on the table. And what I'm going to bring is everything I know and have. So if someone else gets the job, it's not going to be because I didn't know what I was talking about. It's because they just, we didn't click. It didn't work out for one reason or another. But it's not going to be because I didn't do my very best. And I ended up getting the job. Preparation. uh, As I say, uh, Lady Luck smiles on the prepared. Very true. You know, if I can add to that, right, I think that um, ego particularly works well when you're trying to convince people of things, whether it's an interview or once you pass the interview and you're in a a position of leadership. Right. When you're trying to convince people to get on board, that that ego or that that confidence that I know what the fuck I'm talking about, that works. Um, However, also, when you're in a position of leadership, it is incredibly important to humble yourself and listen to good ideas. Because you got to realize, all you know, no matter how sharp you are, no matter how well versed you are in the topic or the subject or the field, there will always be someone who has something that they can contribute. And if you're not open to that, you can, you know, what I'm saying, if if you're in a situation where your ego drives everything you do and you think you know it all, you will drive your business or your field. You will drive whatever it is your endeavor is into the dirt. 
So, so there has to be that balance. One one good example I like to always use is when we think about it in psychology, you have the concept of an extrovert and an introvert. When it comes to people that are mostly really extroverted, they have a large amount of a certain part of their ego. So these are people that are highly overconfident. These are people that are having, generalizing. In 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 general, yes, yeah, this can be. So this this is an example of a large majority, but some you know always have distinctions. But the concept of it, and I say this because you see a lot of times when it comes to somebody that has a large amount of a certain type of ego, like a lot of extroverts, when they fail, they have the hardest time bouncing back because of the fact they always had this high level of self confidence. Um, and I know I'm the shit. When when we see the opposite side in most sides uh when it comes like an introvert when they fail it's like okay this is just a notch on my belt and I, it's a higher bounce back because you went into the situation with the ability like i want to i want to succeed but i always have to be prepared for both sides and when we see the ego i always feel like that's part of the duality that each person should always have in the mind of i can absolutely do this terribly i can make a little bit of mistake but anywhere in between is also possible where i can be absolutely successful if i use my ego my confidence my charisma in my humbleness in the right way. What I'll say is, um, touching on how ego can help you, it takes me to uh, the Chris Rock line of ego gets you on the stage, basically. What I took it, that quote or that expression, is that basically an artist, a performer, an entertainer, somebody that wants that limelight or, or puts themselves in that position for that limelight, your ego has to get you there. Your ego... Something has to give you the, some people say balls, confidence, uh, gusto, whatever you want to use it to get you to that point. Athletes, the same thing. You don't want to be in those bright lights if you don't put yourself in those bright lights if you don't want to be there. So your confidence gets you there. And then it's the talent, the hard work, the dedication, the preparation that we are all mentioning that keeps you there. Right. And so I do think that your ego is important to get you there. But again, you have to keep it in balance. That brings up something really interesting. You spoke about an entertainer, Chris Rock, um, and not just an entertainer, you know, one of the best comedians um, living. And definitely one of the things that particularly with comedians, uh, he's absolutely right about that ego will get you on stage. But there's still that duality of of you need to have you need to feel that acceptance from the people because you can go up and tell jokes, but you need people to laugh. If people don't laugh, you're going to start questioning yourself and saying, all right, th- that didn't work. Is this some? Am I not really funny? Or you know, are they not really feeling me? Like all these questions will come up. There is definitely a lot of insecurity that is associated with comedians, mm-hmm. and, and they draw on that to bring out the comedy. And and that's and you're exactly right. It but but just in that, that's the crazy duality again. It's the fact that just in order for them to get on the stage, though, right? You don't have to say a word. You don't have to tell a joke. If you don't have that ego to push you on that stage, you're not getting on that stage. You know right. what I'm saying? And then that insecurity is what then, in a lot of comedians' cases, because they even talk about it, that insecurity is what keeps them to stay on the stage when the shit ain't working. <laughs> and to keep coming back, because mo- all good comedians bomb. Yeah. If they're doing stand-up, all good stand-up comedians have, you have to, you have to fail at it. In order to get good. Yeah. If, you, right. if no one ever boos you and you go through life like that, then do you really have necessarily an accurate portrayal of of really how you are in your performance if everyone's telling you the best you've always been the best agree agree. you know that that can lead you to start making you know uh like more mediocre content because there's nothing you really have to strive for that's true if you get an a plus on anything you say or anything you do it's you know or you you get a, a certain amount of praise just for 
you know, you doing le- you'll eventually start doing less because I don't have to do as much. I don't have to try as hard. Right, right. And so, you know, with that said, let me let me add to that and also kind of take this in a slightly different direction, if you brothers don't mind. Come back next Friday to hear the conclusion of this Stay Woke podcast episode. Definitely come back and take a listen for that. We drop a new episode every Friday, so subscribe to, on Apple Podcast or our YouTube channel, The Sonic Breakdown, or follow us on SoundCloud. And you know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.